0: The Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Inside Vegas Podcast are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. We are also brought to you by OddShark. Get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as betting stats and trends that you won't find anywhere else. Monday, July 23rd, and welcome into a very special edition of the Inside Vegas podcast. This is the first episode of a concept that everyone at the SGP Network has been toying around with doing for a very long time, and that is something of a movie review, book club, all meshed into one with, of course, the appropriate touch of gambling. So we came up with the Vegas Bookie Club, and that is the first Vegas gambling book review. And and when I say book, I really mean magazine because who reads books, right? So for this episode and the first volume and first edition of the review – we chose Phil Steele's 2018 college preview, and if you are anything like me, you do this semi-professionally. You know that Phil Steele's 2018 or Phil Steele's college previews in general are the Bible of college football. They are look, his magazine is looked at by makers. it is looked at by gamblers, and everyone. The committee members. I mean, this is true. Things here. This is the number one book when it or magazine when it comes to college football handicapping and college football. Previews and divisions and Heisman's and improved teams and teams on the the rise and teams on the decline and everything and anything in between, and so for this edition, we have college, really college sports handicapping expert, uh, specifically college basketball and college football. Jay Crier, Jay Crier, sorry, Jay is one of the most respected minds when it comes to college handicapping, uh, really that I've ever come across, and Jay has done so well. Uh, handicapping in this space for so long. It really just made sense to do this episode with him. And you may know if you're listening to this and you follow me for any amount of time, I've been friends with Jay for a very long time. And it's just, it it made too much sense to not bring in Jay to do this. So what this concept is and what we did is we broke down basically, I'm gonna say page by page, but every permanent piece of information with page numbers, if you happen to have the Phil Steele 2018 magazine, feel free to follow along. We broke down every take and everything that Phil Steele Put in print, and we gave our own opinions on it. Agree, disagree. Is it worth the bet? We gave it, you know, kind of one thing that Phil Steele's magazine doesn't do is talk about odds. Phil Steele has a handicapping service that he does weekly, uh, as well as a podcast, but his magazine is more for college football, wins and losses, you know, chances to win such and such, whatever the award is, uh, or the conference. So what me and Jay did is we put our own gambling twist on this. So if Phil Steele said there was a most improved team, we looked at that from a season win total perspective, a conference win total perspective, uh, and the odds that accompanied that. And I think that this came out you know, really so well done, um, and I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. If this is something that you guys would like us to do more of, uh, the next one that we're being talked about is Warren Sharp's 2018 NFL Magazine. I know Phil Steele does one as well, but he's really known for his college one as he's been uh, hands down the most accurate and the most predictive in the college field in the last over a decade, really. Uh, So if you guys enjoy this episode and enjoy this concept, please let me know on Twitter at Christian Pina, at the SGP Network, at Gambling Podcast. Uh, and anything and anything in between, you guys know where to find me. So please, if you guys enjoy this concept, you want to see more of it, please let us know uh, on any social media. And as always, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. And again, I hope you enjoy the first ever Vegas, uh, really bookie, but magazine review uh, for Phil Steele's 2018 college preview with Jay Creer. Joining me on the first edition of the Vegas Bookies Club. I like, the, I like that name a lot, bro. I thought of that myself and I couldn't be more proud of myself. And again, as I touched on in the intro, what we're going to be doing with this is breaking down basically any... I don't want to say literature. It's completely the wrong word. It sounds completely nerdy. But anything that is kind of all things to do with guides and prominent uh, authors, anything like that, that comes out during the course of the offseason for any given sport. Obviously, the one for NFL that is kind of the Bible is Warren Sharp's uh, NFL preview. And for college, there is nobody better um, that has consistently put out the, it is the college football's Bible. Um, it is the first piece of handicapping information every single professional that I know, including myself, uses and kind of cannot wait for this because lines move based on this magazine. Make no mistake, uh, oddsmakers have been very frank in saying that this is the most prominent kind of piece of literature out there. And that's Phil Steele's 2018 college football preview. And so joining me to break this down is the one and only Jay Career. And Jay is one of the most respected college basketball and college football handicappers. Out there again on Twitter at Jay Career has over eight thousand followers. Has been doing this for God. It seems like It feels like we've been doing this the social media game forever, my friend. But how are you out in Colorado?
1: Things are going good, my man. Thanks yeah, you are you excited
0: for this for this NFL or uh, well, NFL as well. But college football proc- uh, preview.
1: Oh man, I'm getting season I'm eight. gearing I'm gearing up right now. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I kind of take a little bit of a sabbatical uh, way during baseball season to kind of gear up for this. So. Um, really getting into it and kind of crunching numbers and really diving into college football now and then NFL here shortly in the coming week. So
0: yeah, I'm co- excited. With college football coming obviously sooner, it's the thing that everyone digs into. But what is the first piece of, what is day one for you for each college football season, the first thing that kind of breaks break you down philosophically here?
1: Well, I like to really go through the teams and just kind of see, you know, Uh, Obviously, you know the big names in the draft, but, you know, you don't really realize how many starters are losing and what position, you know, what kind of depth do they have coming up? You have to look at the two deep um, for a lot of these teams to kind of understand, you know, what, how are they going to recover from some of the losses they've had. Right. Um, So kind of digging into who they've lost, you know, how they recruited the last two seasons and sort of what their starting roster may shape up to be. Um, kind of where I start just to kind of get in, in a mode of understanding, um, you know, how these teams are going to look too deep and, and, you know, how the offensive units are going to come together. And then as well, kind of diving into coaching changes as well, because that can drastically change offenses. If, you know, uh, like Nebraska for instance, this season, you know, going to Scott Frost and now all of a sudden back to a spread option, you know, that's going to be a drastic change for the Nebraska team.
0: Yeah, and you're not alone, man. And again, the basis for this podcast, and this review, is going to be breaking down Phil Steele's 2018 college preview. And the first thing that he talks about is uh, basically he has kind of a system that touches on you know, the prominence of each program and, and what they lost in the NFL draft. Um, so when we break this down, let's talk about that from the beginning for uh, Phil Steele's magazine and basically who lost what. Now, Alabama lost the most talent, according to Phil Steele, then Ohio State, then Georgia. NC state. And then there's a pretty big breakdown from that into LSU, Penn state, USC, UCLA, and on down the line there. Uh, so, I mean, just quite frankly, uh, agree, disagree with Alabama losing the most talent and more so than that. So again, we'll do to the top four for right now, Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, and NC state. NC state kind of doesn't really matter to be honest. Um, but we'll say, you know, LSU and Penn state in that discussion, um, Um, obviously we'll break this down better or worse but kind of who lost the most from a talent perspective and i'll even throw in oklahoma uh just because of the loss of baker mayfield
1: well uh you know obviously alabama loses just tons of top tier talent every year but they typically it's just such a heavy you know the basically the best recruiting school uh in d1 football and they usually have Uh, players coming up through the ranks or they have the number one recruiting class or at least a top three recruiting class almost every year. So um, it's not a surprise this, you know, they're typically our number one or number two on this list almost every season. And they're able to kind of reload and rebuild very quickly um, because they have guys waiting in the wings. Sometimes they maybe even have um, just as equally talented players waiting. But um, you know, NC State, I know, you know, kind of on this list is the unusual culprit to be on here, but, you know, they definitely lost a lot, uh, especially on the defensive side. They're only bringing back three defensive starters this season. So, you know, if I have to pick some, one out of uh, the teams that he has on the top, I definitely put them up there. But that's more or less I'm kind of judging on, um, you know, they don't have the reload quite like Alabama, or Georgia may have. Um, because they just haven't recruited as strong as they have over the last few seasons to kind of replace guys like Bradley Chubb, um, you know, to kind of reload. So they probably be the team I think that you know definitely um, lost the most if you're comparing to the talent that they have coming up. Um, but you know, if you are looking at it from a numbers perspective of um, you know Alabama obviously lost the most top tier talent um, out of everyone. Uh, but again, I think Alabama. Uh, is ready they're ready to go
0: yeah and again they do this every single year so let's talk about this maybe not from a whole body of work perspective but a playmaking perspective so which out of you know let's say the three quarterbacks so Darnold, Rosen, uh, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield um, and Saquon Barkley uh, which is the biggest loss to kind of set their program back the most do you think? <sighs>
1: Well, I do think uh, Penn State lost a ton offensively. Um, you know, they lost um, 18 touchdowns with Saquon. They also lost Deshaun Hamilton and Gesicki. They lost 18 touchdowns between those two guys receiving. I know they bring back Chase McSorley. He's a Heisman favorite right now. Uh, I think he's going to still have a great year, but you also have to kind of throw in, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator coming in because Joe Moorhead took off. He went to Mississippi State. Uh, Ricky Ron comes in. Yeah, he's got the quarterback, but he's got to replace 36 touchdowns on this offensive unit. So, um, you know, I I think Penn State um, is going to feel that. I think Saquon was a very special talent um, that, you know, is lost for Penn State that, um, you know, they may or may not be able to replace those touchdowns. Obviously, I think Trace McSorley will have an amazing year. He's coming off of Nearly 3,600 passing yards last year and a 66.5 percent percentage uh, completion percentage, but um, you know it, it's going to be tough. He may not have the playmaker abilities surrounding him offensively to replicate what he did last season. So, yeah, he,
0: I mean, uh, he got a Heisman uh, ticket for me. is one of the first ones that I placed as well. So, hoping for big things out of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: So, okay. Um, Baker Mayfield leaving. Kyler, I believe his name, uh, is the new quarterback there, Kyler Fuller. Also taken in the first round, but from the Oakland A's, of all people. So doesn't really know his future. That system protects their quarterbacks, right? So I don't think that you're going to miss Baker Mayfield outside of kind of the intangibles as much as somebody like a Saquon, stuff like that. USC. USC is also set back a ton there Um, in Mm -hmm. a growing uh, division, the Pac-12. So... You know, time will tell for all this stuff. But to me, and UCLA, UCLA looks like they may be you know a two to three win team. In all honesty, after losing Rosen, and and we all know that their their defense is inept. But again, when you touch on losing a guy like Saquon, there's I mean that I think he accounted for like seventy, like it was something ridiculous, like sixty percent of of their yards and touchdowns. So maybe a, a dip in production for sure. Upcoming from Penn State, so that was. Last year, let's look ahead to this year um, and kind of the top draft eligible players uh, that Phil Steele has. Uh, so obviously, quarterback is going to be the thing that dri- that drives everything. And to me, this is one of the weakest quarterback years in the college football ranks that I can really remember. Uh, so ranking down from Phil Steele: Justin Herbert, Oregon, number one; Drew Locke, Missouri, number two; Jarrett Stidham, Auburn, number three; Clayton Thorson, Northwestern, uh, number four; Will Greer, West Virginia. Uh, Ryan Finley, NC State, and Shea Patterson uh, at Michigan at seven. Out of those, let's say, I mean, you know that that quarterbacks always go, you know, if not one, top two, three in the draft outside of, you know, generational defensive talent. Who out of that list has the ability to be able to jump up there and make that? uh, I mean, because honestly, when you look at these mocks, uh, upcoming, number one, it's going to provide a ton of value if you're somebody like me who kind of looks towards quarterbacks for Heisman's pretty much exclusively, just because it's it's such a quarterback award. Uh, who is kind of you know out of that group? Who can I don't want to say make the next step? Obviously, they're all looking to kind of build uh, build on what they did last year. But who can kind of be that the Baker Mayfield? I mean, really, I mean Baker Mayfield was ten to one at one point to win the Heisman, and all these quarterbacks are at least north of that. Uh, So between Herbert, uh, Locke, Stidham, Thorson, Greer, Finley, Patterson, Fitzgerald, and I'll even throw Jake Browning at Washington in there.
1: Um, I'm I'm super excited to see what Will Greer can do at West Virginia this season. Um, With David Sills there, I think those two guys just kind of keep building um, on that momentum that they've had. I mean, what a great weapon for him. Um, They've also got um, Gary Jennings coming into a senior season there. So I'm really excited to see West Virginia's offense, um, especially with this topic we're talking about. But I know they've had some defensive issues um, over the last few seasons. They've kind of been one of those big over teams. but. I'm really excited for Will Greer. Um, I have seen a little bit of momentum. I think uh, most books kind of opened him up. I know like five dimes had him, like 30 to one. He's 20 um, to
0: one at the Westgate right now.
1: Yeah, he's he's moved up, and I I, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. I am interested to see what Kyler Murray can do um, in Oklahoma. I do think that um, that's a pretty good replacement. You know, obviously, I think baseball might be end up being his future, but – uh, a pretty great situation that he's walking to in Oklahoma um, but uh, you know, I, maybe I, I don't even know if he'll still have him on there but Dwayne Haskins um, is another quarterback coming into a great situation might even be better than JT Barrett but, He's number 15
0: uh, and again this is just for draft eligible, we're not, we're gonna break into Heisman but he, that's why he's all the way at, at 15, I mean much like Barrett his game does not kind of translate to the, the NFL level but he's listed at 20-1 to one for the Heisman right now as well
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, Will Greer was probably the guy who stands out the most to me that I'm excited to see. Uh, we kind of touched on Trace McSorley already a little bit. Um, and then Jake Fromm, um, he's another guy that, uh, you know, obviously I think is in a pretty good situation offensively to have an amazing, amazing year. So
0: yeah, I completely agree with you on all those. One, I will touch on the, the polarizing one. and again, somebody I've already bet for a Heisman is Shea Patterson of Michigan. Um, The most talent Michigan has had in the quarterback position uh, under Harbaugh, no doubt. Uh, So it's the thing that's going to be interesting to see if what unfolds is if the system holds him back. If they run the ball 30... I mean, Michigan has been such a great under team for so long because they just don't have the talent. They run the ball. They play great defense, typical Big Ten school. Uh, But they have they have the stud horse there at, you know, absolutely no doubt. Uh, So it'll be very interesting to see kind of what that um, translates to. And and again, at the next level, what do you think of Justin Herbert in Oregon being ranked number one as the, you know, from a draft NFL translation perspective?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm really buying into his hype as much um, as some of these other quarterbacks that are on the list. I do think he's obviously in a pretty good situation out in the Pac-12. It's a very offensive driven um, conference. Uh, where, you know, he's probably going to put up some pretty impressive numbers this season. But um, he's definitely not a guy that I think I would have at the top of my list for NFL-ready quarterbacks. Um, but it is, like you said, probably one of the weaker classes we've seen for QB, um, at least over the last few seasons. And, um, you know, I, I think that that list that he's put together is sort of telling of that.
0: Yeah, uh, situation. It's, it's two completely different things when we talk about Heisman versus translating to the college level. I think that Khalil Tate is a dark horse for the Heisman, but his game will not tra- will not translate. The same thing can be said about Haskins as well that we touched on. Um, Stidham, um, Clayton Thorson, again, c- kind of going down this line. Nick Fitzgerald, Jake Browning, McSorley. Um, I mean, Daniel Jones at eleven from Duke. Um, some guys that you will see a ton about. You know, kind of. Guys, that their game's not going to translate, but they're going to be great college players. Obviously, whoever wins the quarterback uh, battle in Alabama between Tuivasa and Hurts, if Hurts uh, kind of be, you know, rumblings of him wanting to transfer to FAU to be with Kiffin. Um, so you never really know what's going to happen there. But the, again, the big thing to keep in mind is, is this is draft forecast by Phil Steele, and Heisman is something completely different that we're going to get into. Um, so let's just quickly touch on running backs and wide receivers as the notable skill positions. Who's your favorite out of the running backs? Phil Steele has four. Again, this is draft. Uh, uh, Damian Harris, Alabama, number one. Bryce Love, number two. Benny Snell Jr. Absolutely love that kid. Um, David Montgomery of Kentucky. David Montgomery, Iowa State, and Justice Hill, Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, it's Bryce Love. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to love about Bryce Love. Um, you know, he. It, obviously there's been some injury concerns and sort of where his knee is, but I, he's a guy that I think will, will instantly, you know, his game will translate in the next level. Um, I, I'm not hundred percent on board with Damian Harris. I, I, I think, you know, you're just looking at a situation where he really has probably one of the better offensive lines year in and year out protecting him and, and creating lanes. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm bought into that, but um, I do think Benny Snell um sort of is that big body running back who can kind of come in and bowl people over um and and i i think he is he's definitely someone i have high on my list but uh for me it's bryce love then maybe benny snell um you know looking at the list uh miles gaskin kind of comes to mind too is just kind of a quick burner type running back who i think is going to be pretty special at the next level
0: yeah, so again, we're not going to touch on position by position, obviously. So uh, if we flip back to page 8, it has top eligible players as a whole, top 32. Uh, Nick Bosa, obviously Ohio State. This kid is supposed to be better than his brother as the number one uh, draft-ready prospect right now. Obviously, Bosa went that high up in the draft um, to San Diego. Uh, again, all the hype in the world on Bosa. This, to me, smells like... I mean, knowing what his brother you know, can do and is doing in this league... This, to me, with the, with the quarterbacks being so watered down, this, to me, is Bosa's number one pick to lose. Um, it really is. And then it's a bunch of uh, non-skill positions. So I'm just going to read Kyle. will do the top ten here. Nick Bosa, uh, number one, Ohio State. Uh, two defensive tackles from Houston and Clemson, at Oliver, Dexter Lawrence. Cornerback, Greedy Williams, LSU. Rashawn Gary, defensive end, Michigan. Greg, uh, Offensive tackle, Greg Little, Ole Miss. Wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Ole Miss. Quarterback, Justin Herbert at number eight from Oregon. Nine is an offensive tackle, Jonah Williams. And defensive end, uh, Colleen Farrell from Clemson. Um, some notable kind of names on here. 12, Drew Locke, Missouri, uh, would be the second quarterback off the board. Uh, Bryce Love, 14th overall uh, from Stanford, of course. Uh, skilled players, Shea Patterson, Michigan, 22. Rodney Anderson, Oklahoma, number 24, uh, and Will Greer at 26. Uh, Jarrett Stidham is at 28, and Damian Harris, Alabama, is at 31. Uh, Just kind of take me through your kind of rapid reactions on that. Disagree, agree on what I feel is a strong agree uh, with Phil Steele in that Bosa is the best player in this 2018 collegiate uh, season.
1: No, I think think you pretty much nailed it there with Bosa. I mean, they're... This is going to be a really nice defensive tackle defensive end class all around. I mean, all uh, you know, Clemson's obviously coming out. <laughs> yeah. All of Clemson is coming. That's a, just an exciting side note there. I am super pumped to watch that Clemson D line in the ACC this year, but um, you know, Clellan Farrell, um, I think is going to be an amazing defensive end at the next level. Um, not really sure how Rashawn Gary will translate out of Michigan. Um, you know, he. He's probably not even the best defensive lineman at Michigan um, with Vinovich. But uh, as far as translation to the next level, um, I'm excited to see Bosa. I'm excited to see Farrell um, and, and Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle. But I think all in all, the defensive ends and the D tackles are kind of what gets me most excited from this draft class. Mm-hmm. Another guy, that, another guy um, Noah Fant from Iowa, tight end. Um, he, Phil still has him as his number one available tight end. I totally agree um, he's going to be an all-American, um, you know, barring that he can stay healthy. Um, but just a, a big-bodied guy who, um, obviously, you know, has big playability. Um, and is coming into a pretty good situation um, offensively this season. But um, I think that'll translate for him into the next level as well.
0: Yeah, it's really weird because uh, if we go over to page 18, Phil Steele has the 2018, um, his top individual units. Uh, and so for quarterbacks, although he has Oregon's quarterback as the number one, he has Penn State's group of quarterbacks at number one here, followed by West Virginia, followed by UCF, Auburn, Missouri, Georgia. Um, so Oregon, I mean, has a whole of quarterbacks. And again, I should mention Alabama all the way down at 13. Uh, so just a little bit, you know, depth-wise, I think that that's where that comes into play. And if something does happen, uh, what teams are equipped to kind of handle that? So obviously what that tells me is that if anything does happen in Oregon, uh, you know, they're kind of fucked from a, a quarterback perspective, while Penn State has a great backup. Same thing with West Virginia and UCF. So uh, some pretty cool um, just, just differences there um, as far as a, a depth perspective and everything to, to kind of take a look at. Uh, So that that kind of wraps up the the draft kind of portion of Phil Steele's magazine. Again, uh, when we look at this toughest schedule, obviously this is something you want to take a look at from a win-loss uh, perspective, not week-by-week, week, but more for the futures market and season win totals that are, that are pretty much posted, I want to say, everywhere now. They're out in Vegas, uh, five dimes offshore, mybooku.ag, of course. Uh, so when we break this, we'll just do this really quick. Florida State has the hardest 2018 schedule. Obviously, they get Francois back, uh, some buzz around him. I mean, he was a, a Heisman favorite coming into the year, obviously shredding his knee week one in Alabama. Nebraska, number two. Michigan, number three. I love to see Michigan there because they're always so overvalued by the public. Uh, Auburn at 4 AM five. Oregon State, Pittsburgh, UCLA, which I touched on, and Georgia Tech, and then Utah at 10. Uh, some prominent ones, if I can find them. Um, so LSU at 13. Uh, let me see another good one here. Stanford at 23. I'm trying to find Alabama because I know that they are – it is very weak. Um, when I break down this from kind of the bottom up, see if I can find
1: another thing I like about um, you know the way he breaks down his toughest schedule. You know, obviously he's got opponent winning percentage, but he has kind of his own breakdown um, of the schedules. But then he has overrated schedules and underrated schedules.
0: Yeah, um, get into it, man. What do you like?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just really like the way that he kind of breaks it down. He's got a couple different phases where you know he he basically has teams that he has going down teams he has going up based on what their schedule performance will be. So he, you know, it's not just like a real generic statistically driven, you know, he kind of goes in sort of where he thinks teams are going to be and how they're going to perform against the schedule. Um, not just using, you know, opponent winning percentage from the previous year, as obviously that doesn't translate season to season. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's schedule to me is one team that I kind of, like, circled when I was looking at it. Um, their, their road schedule is just a nightmare. Um, their road their road schedule uh, is Michigan, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Ohio State, and Iowa. Um, Brutal. I mean, that and is...
0: Unders for days. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. And it, Scott Frost in his first year... Um, he's pulling a kind of a brutal, brutal road schedule to try and get that team turned around. But um, that was one that kind of stood out to me. Um, Obviously, Michigan has a pretty good, pretty tough schedule and really anybody who's in um, the Big Ten East, uh, you know, they kind of inflate on this list and kind of move up. But um, no, I just really like the way he breaks it down and kind of gives you a couple different looks and ways of looking at it. So,
0: yeah, for sure. And uh, so let's go. I mean, 2018. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. So the toughest schedule, UCLA. Again, I touched on how down I am on them. So let's look at the the risers here. Florida, number one going up. Cal, 43. UTEP, ULM, Nevada, Iowa. Not sure anybody cares. Syracuse, BC at number eight. I think is very interesting because especially from a win total perspective, I have a. a pretty big lean towards that over on BC Um, and this is what I wanted to kind of bring this all around to Florida if you're not so again uh, Jay going to page 37 if we look at uh, Phil Steele's surprise teams to me this is one of the most uh, the best, one of the best things that he does, above all else, in this magazine, because he has been so spot on for so many, so many years, um, and kind of being ahead of the curve on teams that you know people may not be looking at. Now you know, to put this into context, his number one surprise team last year were the Miami Hurricanes, and obviously everyone knows what they did. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's break this down from a 2018 surprise teams. I'm just going to list them. Number one, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Two, Texas. Three, Michigan State, Michigan Wolverines at four, Stanford, USC at six, seven, Florida State, Mississippi State, a lot of people are very high on Mississippi State, has them at number eight, BC at nine, and TCU at ten. For the non-power five, Boise State, Boise State has a real chance to go undefeated this year as an aside, UCF returns just about everybody as as the quote-unquote national champions, Uh, FAU, uh memphis and ohio um so agree disagree with uh notre dame texas michigan michigan state stanford usc and on down the line
1: uh i'm on board with both michigan schools um you know michigan was one of the most inexperienced teams in in football last year they're they're going to be very experienced and their defense is going to be downright nasty um you know i think like the longhorns are kind of a cheap one on there where you know, obviously there's kind of only one way to go for them, but, um, I totally agree on Boise state, um, especially in the mountain West, which is going to have a very down year. And they've had a couple of down seasons in a row. Right. Um, they're, they sort of are going to be the juggernaut in the mountain West. And I, I'm just not really sure that anybody will be able to compete with them. And there is some really low talented teams in the mountain West. So, uh, I think Boise is in a great spot. Um, and, uh, just kind of a farther down the list and his non-power five. I'm really high on the Ohio Bobcats this year as well so I'm coming out of the Mac. So um, no, I, I think, I think his list is, is pretty much spot on. He may get a couple freebies, you know, every year with a team like Texas and Florida yep. state who are super low, but man, he's, he's really good at, at picking these teams and, and getting, getting the teams um, who are kind of headed in the right direction ahead of the curve.
0: How do you feel about Notre Dame being the number one team? Uh, and again, just as a quick aside, you touched on your love for Boise, and I, and I have that too. How do you feel about Boise State over 10 wins?
1: Um, I definitely like it. I, I mean, especially if you look at their schedule, um, really, um, I think they avoid San Diego State um, in their schedule, which is probably one of the tougher teams that they would have to face all year in the Mountain West. Um, because they're in the other division, but you know, the division as a whole that they're in, um, is just super, super soft. So, um, you know, I really think that's a great play on the over 10 wins.
0: All right. So let's go to number one in Notre Dame. Uh, if I can pull up Notre Dame's wins again, all these odds, courtesy of my Uh, so Notre Dame is at, um, L M N if I could find them here. Um, Notre Dame, as my dog barks, over eight and a half, minus 140 to the over. What do you think, of, what do you think about that over-under, knowing that they're Phil Steele's number one surprise team, and that has uh, consistently uh, been a pretty good bet to take the over on the, the win totals of his number one and number two surprise teams?
1: Well, you know, when I was looking down, looking at Notre Dame's schedule, um, a lot of their really tough teams on this, with the exception of USC, they do have to travel. Um, out to out to play USC at the end of the year but you know they they have all their tough teams Michigan, Stanford, Florida State. They have all these teams at home. Yep. Um you know so I I think um you know the schedule probably plays into that a little bit. Um obviously, you know, I think they have some quarterback questions coming in. I know everyone thinks Wimbush is just going to run away with this um with this position but you know Ian Book might end up playing in but Really, it's it's their defense coming back. It's just loaded. Uh, they got nine re- nine returning defensive starters um, and, and just you know a great line, a great uh, defensive line, seniors and great senior uh, laden linebacker core. So um, a lot of experience coming back on that defense. Um, they're definitely probably going to be a defensive first uh, team. But you know uh, if Wimbush can come in and perform at a high level, I think um, you know they're going to have an amazing year. And I, I definitely think. Um, you know, the, if you're looking for kind of maybe an over bet, um, this might be the team.
0: Yeah, completely agree. So let's flip the page and go to something similar, but different. And that's his 2018 most improved teams. So last year, I believe he had, um, Florida and he has Florida again. So, uh, Florida, number one, Utah state, number two, North Carolina, three, Colorado. Your boy is at four, Georgia Southern five, ODU, Nebraska. Um and basically, I mean everything else kind of stops there. I will say Cal is at eleven. Uh, and again, Miami, Ohio at number nine. On board, agree-disagree with Florida, Utah State, North Carolina, Colorado. I want your take on, of course, but everything there on page thirty-eight.
1: Um, so man, Florida. God, don't remind me. Um lost a little bit of money on Florida last year when nine players got suspended <laughs> yeah, for the
0: season You started, and me and both. I- they were an underdream though.
1: Oh, I know, I know. Um but yeah, um you know I, I think Florida obviously um, you know new coach coming in uh, this cupboard is not uh, bare. there's definitely a lot of talent in Florida, uh, a lot of great opportunity um, you know for a new coach to come in and and just kind of translate this team back to i think where you know everyone kind of expects them to be um, as far as Colorado um, you know I, I'm a Colorado state guy but um you know Colorado right. I'm
0: sorry that's sacrilegious bro I apologize <laughs>
1: um but you know obviously I watch a lot of Colorado football um and uh you know I they they definitely um underwhelmed last year I think for the fans here locally I sort of expected a pretty big regression um after the, the season that they had the year before um I, I you know obviously they're sort of my rival but I thought that was sort of fool's gold what they did um, the season before, I, I don't know if I really agree with them being um, on a, a surprise team list. Um, you know, will they maybe get back to a bowl? Uh, I could see it, um, but I, you know, I think right now um, their regular season win totals around four and a half or five, depending on where you're looking at it. And um, looking you know, right now, the- so
0: Colorado is at over five minus one fifteen both ways on mybookie.ag.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, their schedule um, doesn't really break down very well for them either. I know that they've got a a lot of uh, some of the better teams um, at home, but, uh, you know, they're going to be facing a lot of tough teams on their schedule. And I I think they are going to struggle to get back to a bowl bid. Um, So I I don't really agree with having them on the list, but um, I think that five's pretty honest. Um, I would probably lean to the over on Colorado five, um, but it's not by a lot Um, just because I think they'll have a couple free free games in there like Cal um, that they can probably, you know, be able to get some easy wins. But, um, you know, they've got to play at Washington, at USC, um, at Arizona, Arizona. at nebraska they have mixed in their schedule too they're getting an old rival in there so it's going to be tough um it's going to be tough i think to see them uh get to a bowl game but it is possible
0: all right so with florida being the number one most improved team again looking right now florida is at over eight minus 150 to the over agree disagree
1: i totally agree i was super high on them last year um they were one of the futures that i sent out on twitter um, and obviously got, you know, pretty hardcore burned on that, but I, I, had, I had a feeling we were headed in that direction when we heard about the suspensions, um, tough that to handicap
0: it. eight players getting suspended <laughs> for a credit card fraud, bro. I don't think anyone's going to hold that against you.
1: No, no. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, definitely do like that. I mean, looking, you know, comparing it to some of these other teams on this list. Um, I think they're well-placed at the top and, um, you know, I definitely w- would go on the over with Florida.
0: All right, so let's look at Phil Steele's power rankings. Basically, his top twenty-five. Um, we'll just go through this real quick. Agree, disagree. Again, uh, do you believe in preseason rankings as a whole? Uh,
1: yes, um, yes, and no. I guess you know i I think it's good to sort of have like a base of like, hey, I think these are where these teams are going to be. But at the same time, I think too many people read into them that yeah. that is like the that's the word of God. This team was number <laughs> one. They were number one at the beginning of the year. So, you know, when they lose the first two games of the season, like we can't drop them out of the top 25. No, absolutely drop them out of the top 25. They've lost the first two games of the season. Um, So I I, I don't know. There's part of me that doesn't even want to see it. But at the same time, um, you know, as a fan looking forward to this season, I like to look at the list and, and sort of, you know, agree, disagree, find my own rankings and kind of move people up. I am I'm, in, I'm into having my own power rankings, I guess I would say, yep. um, because I am I'm, I'm more apt to, you know, quickly move somebody down the list, especially, um, you know, when they lose maybe a quarterback. And I think sometimes, um, the rankings are reluctant to move people out it it's
0: Day last year without Francois.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, you, you could pretty much know at the end of that game that was Florida State's game of the year. You know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of setting up a little bit like Auburn, Washington at the beginning of this season, where um, whoever loses that game, they're basically going to be out of the CFP talk. Right. I mean, if, if Washington loses to Auburn, um, it's going to be really tough. They'll probably have to run the table the rest of the way to be in the CFP. Uh, Maybe Auburn, you know, could lose another game in the SEC, but as long as they win the Iron Bowl, they could get back in. Um, But, you know, Florida State losing Francois at the beginning of the season, I mean, it was just devastating. And I instantly knew this is going to be a bad year for Florida State.
0: Yeah, completely agree. It ripped our heart out. So let's just go through this. We'll do five at a time. So the top five, uh, via Phil Steele, uh, page 39, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Wisconsin. Agree, disagree with the top five.
1: man it's a pretty solid group there i mean obviously you know alabama clemson i have no issues with um wisconsin's schedule shapes up very well for them to kind of be um a top five top ten. as it did all. last year
0: that was one of the easiest overs i think I, to win their, their division in the big 10 or their conference was literally like minus 140 which like whoever hung that line was was drinking something that day it was an absolute gift um, yeah, he- I mean Wisconsin's running back may be the best player, uh, position player, um, in this draft on on the offensive side. Um, again, I just I have a hard time buying into Wisconsin as I do every year. Uh, Clemson and Alabama, one, two. Let's kind of stick there right now because that's what we do know. Clemson returns everybody. I mean that defensive line is an NFL caliber defensive line. It really is, start to finish. There's there's four starters on it, um, you know, three or four depending on on what scheme they play. Alabama. Phil Steele has Alabama essentially going undefeated the whole year, Um, and you know we're gonna break into what the uh, his top four for the college football playoff are. Um, But spoiler, it's Clemson and Alabama and a couple other teams. But so, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Let's do the top three there. Georgia, the four. um, And again, Wisconsin, the five. Um, Who is again? I I know this is hard to kind of put you on the spot there, but who is kind of best positioned either schedule wise, talent wise, whatever the case may be, to make that deep run, um, or all five of them?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's a good chance that we see Ohio State play Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. Um, it's very likely. And if we don't, we probably see the number six team or the number 11 team with Michigan and Michigan State sneaking in and playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. But, um, you know, and then obviously transversely, you know, Alabama, Georgia is a very strong possibility as well. Um, the team that I probably like the most is just Clemson because I just don't think um, Florida state will quite have the firepower to match them. Um, you know, I know we've yep. touched about it earlier too, but that defensive line, what those guys did coming back um, is really setting up just an awesome storyline for the season to see what that defensive line can do. Cause it, it, it pretty much will be, I mean, damn near an NFL defensive line playing for Clemson this year. So um You know, pretty impressive team, but I I just think when you look at the teams that are in the top ten, or you know, not having to play everyone in the Big Ten East, or not having to play Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, um, I think Clemson's probably in a really good spot. um, You know, to to be up where they are. I do think Wisconsin probably not necessarily deserving of a top five, but I do think um, because of the way their schedule breaks down, because they're in the Big Ten West and um, they avoid a lot of these. Uh, really high top tier teams from the East. Um, You know, I I think that they will be there though. Um, But I just don't know if they're quite deserving, like you said. Um, But teams that are kind of not in that top five that I think should be in that conversation are Michigan state, Michigan um, and Notre Dame.
0: My, my kind of thought process and philosophy on buying futures preseason is you only buy them when the market is going to shorten. This includes teams like the new England Patriots, Alabama, Clemson you only buy stuff when it's gonna go down right that's the name of the game to get ahead of the market and to me I mean I don't know how many times of history people you know I don't want to look square I don't want to do this but when you're sitting there and you're looking preseason there is never going to be a better chance to buy Alabama to win the national title at plus 185 than it is preseason and so to me I will always play those teams they're the only teams I'll play preseason truthfully you know, and people can talk about value and this and that. Well, again, I've always said time and time again there's no value in a losing ticket. If, if you don't know what to do with it, you're just going to end up throwing money because, you know, if I give you a thousand to one in the New York Jets and you don't know what to do with it to win the Super Bowl, it's still a losing ticket, right? So value is, is kind of misunderstood here. But to me, the two best bets out of the top five right now, because they're going to shorten, is Clemson at plus four seventy five and Alabama at plus one eighty five to get. I mean, you're going to have plus money on the number one and two seeds going into to the year, um, and I think that they're going to stay there pretty much all season. Um, so, would you agree with buying early on Alabama at plus one eighty five and Clemson at plus four seventy five out of that group?
1: no totally I mean Cle- like I said Clemson sort of my, on my power pole they would be number one and I would have Alabama number two and there's a very likely chance you could go into the national championship having both sides on plus money
0: yeah. um, and
1: what a great position to be in and I think Phil still on his national championship prediction he has Alabama Clemson
0: yeah he does have two and we'll, don't spoil the last two we will we'll break those down as well but let's go six through ten here Michigan Washington at seven Notre Dame Oklahoma In Stanford, Um, anything there as far as a value perspective? Obviously, Oklahoma loses Baker Mayfield. Um, Anything there that you um, agree, disagree, worth a future, anything like that?
1: Um, No, uh, you know, I I really do like the Michigan schools, uh, both of them. I think um, you know it's going to be a dogfight in that Big Ten East, um, but uh, you know, I I do like both those schools, kind of where they're at. Um, Washington. You know, man, Browning's going to have an amazing year. He's um, got so many studs coming back and playing with him this year. But um, you know, Washington does have a little bit of a tougher schedule. They have to play Auburn in Atlanta at the beginning of the season. I think um, you buy
0: a Washington ticket if you want to after that game. And I know they're eighteen to one right now. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, they're gonna they're gonna open up to even more of that when everyone forgets about them after they probably, in my opinion. I mean, they're going to be an underdog for sure um, at and Auburn. So to me, I think you wait on that team as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that sentiment that, you know, they lose that game, that opening game, you know, maybe you start looking at New Year's Six Bowl futures or, um, you know, any other future because people, you know, may just write them off, especially if they don't show up in that game and maybe they lose by double digits or, you know, they lose by a handful of touchdowns. you know, uh, and that was de facto road game in my eyes. I know they're calling it a neutral site game, but um, but that's a tough matchup. And yeah, buy in on that. Um, buy if you're a buy if you're high on Washington, buy in on them um, right after they lose that opening game to Auburn.
0: One that um, we did not touch on. What do you think of Ohio State at five to one? Wait now, or I'm sorry, uh, buy now or wait?
1: Um, Ohio State. Um, I, I think I. I think I would kind of wait and see um, if they have any early season letdowns. Um, I know they're playing TCU. Um, You know, if you're really, really high in Ohio State, maybe get a little piece of it now. Um, But I would be interested to see what happens with that TCU game. It's in Arlington. Um, So, you know, I'd be interested to kind of wait and see, because if they drop that game, uh, man, you're going to have tons of value on them. Um, But I'm not – I'm not as anxious to to get in bed with Ohio State this year, uh, especially with their schedule, the way it breaks down.
0: Yeah, they burnt me last year, man. I was so high on them. Um, you know, Urban Meyer is always one. Uh, there's some crazy stat. Essentially, when he loses a bowl game, no matter what bowl game he. he uh, gets the next the next one, um, he wins it. He never loses two bowl games in a row, and, and I was so high on them, um, and he let me down. I mean, they had every opportunity, so I can't scream anything that they should have been in or they shouldn't. Um, it is what it is there. Uh, so let's go down to um, uh, 11. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, Auburn, USC. I don't really agree with USC, and then Texas at 15. Um, to me, you can wait on all these teams. Uh, Penn State, I mean, again, what, what do they look like without Saquon? Michigan State is a surprise team by Phil Steele. Um, and USC, to me, I think without Darnold, they're going to take a huge step back. And Texas. Texas um, is the number 15 team uh, on Phil Steele's ranking and is available for 30 to 1. Um, agree, disagree, anything there?
1: Uh, no, I agree with you on USC. Um, you know, Auburn, I think, uh, if you're really liking Auburn, um, take them right before the iron bowl. Um, I think, I think, uh, like six or seven straight years, the winner of the iron Bowl has won that division. So, um, you know, you, you wait until, uh, right before that game. Um, and and if you're, if you think Auburn has a chance to win that game over Alabama, I think that's when you fire uh, on a team like that. But again, um, you know, I'm pretty high on Michigan state. Um, with Brian, the work kind of seeing what these guys can, can come in and do, uh, this season, um, I definitely will probably be back in the Spartans a few times this year, but, um, they might be one that I might look at taking to maybe just win like the big 10. Um, but, uh, right now, um, I think I'm going to hold on most of those teams on the, on the to 11
0: through 15. Yeah, and so again, the, the theme here with, with us, as you can see, the biggest thing to do is look at a team that's in the top 25 and look at their opening game. If they're facing a team that they're going to be an underdog to, and again, I, I know they don't really matter week one, power rankings, whatever. If they're going to, I mean, if a team like say, Again, I don't know. Alabama has a super soft schedule, so it's probably a poor example. But, you know, if they have a team that they're playing that they're going to be just outclassed from the beginning on week one, wait, nothing. I I mean, I know that everyone wants to get ahead of the market and get that value, but if you're going to place a future for the college football playoff in the winter... Look at that team's week one, week two games before you do anything is the biggest takeaway that I think that that you'll echo as well. Um, So this is probably the most fun one because there's a lot of teams in here that people are high on um, and a little bit surprising. Mississippi State. I have not seen more people on Mississippi State this year um, than maybe ever. I read something and I forget who it was from. I I wish I could recall, but they said this year's Mississippi State team would beat the DAC team by uh, two touchdowns. Um, That's a pretty bold statement, but people are very high on number 16 in in Phil Steele's ranking Mississippi State. Miami, 17. Florida State, 18 with Francois back. Boston College at 19. Good luck with that one. And Texas A&M. And then we'll just touch on 21 through 25 because I don't think there's much noise to be made there. TCU, Utah, Florida, South Carolina, LSU. I think that Florida is probably the best out of that, 20 to 25. Um, And Boise State. Boise State are just outside the top 25 at 26. Again, look towards their over. Look towards their season win total. Over don't get don't get caught up in, in the the Boise State to win the national. It, it's not going to happen, guys. Um, so let's look at the twenty the uh, fifteen through twenty because there's a lot of kind of polarizing teams in here. So again, Mississippi State, Miami, Florida State, BC, A and uh, and TCU at twenty one. We'll even throw in there and Florida at twenty three. Anything in there for to kind of close out the top twenty five? Um, um his top I really.
1: I really do like Miami a lot. Um, I think their non-conference schedule is, is super soft. Um, they get to host Florida State. They get to host uh, North Carolina out of their division, who probably be one of the tougher teams. Um, and then they avoid Clemson um, in conference schedule. Um, so I really do like Miami. I think um, you know they play LSU uh, at the beginning of the season as their opener. Without um, juice. Yeah, uh, I don't, I, uh, I just I really like kind of where they they kind of they have kind of a pillow right they have LSU then they have a pillow where they have like Savannah State Toledo yep. um, before they kind of lead in but they do have a lot of a lot of their big games um, are early in the season and like I said avoiding Clemson is huge um, they should be able to win that division uh, pretty handedly and get in another team from the ACC that I um, you know I might regret this but uh, I you know. Steve Adazio and the Boston College Eagles, I, I, <laughs> 50 I, I, I to am, I, I am kind of high on them. I think they're a dark horse ACC team. Obviously, Clemson, um, I think, will still win that division. Um, but, you know, they do, they do get a host Clemson. Um, they do get a host Miami. Um, they get to play Louisville at home. Um, so I just kind of like the way their schedule kind of breaks down. But um, 10 returning offensive starters – um, they're just replacing a wide receiver. They're getting everyone back on an offensive line. Um, so, I, you know, I, I I'm definitely think Boston College is going to make that next step. Um, that obviously Phil still agrees. But um, I, I am kind of high on Boston College. I, I think they'll be sort of a surprise team in the ACC this year.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to break down kind of the best bets uh, for each conference um, as well as the final two segments, which will be Phil Steele's college football playoff and of course the Heisman. I mean, there, there's no chance we're going to go through every one of these, um, his teams, everything like that. Um, so before we do that, the Inside Vegas podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Inside Vegas podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. We are also brought to you by Odd Shark. Get tips and picks from the supercomputer that you cannot find anywhere else. All right, man. So let's do this. Let's break, as we just touched on kind of, I think it's a good segue. Uh, let's do uh, the the best bets for each uh, conference, and then we'll break into Phil Steele's uh, kind of bowl game outlook and the Heisman, and we'll close with that. So... ACC, you touched on BC, thinking they could be a surprise team. So when we look at these odds, Miami, or sorry, Clemson is the favorite at minus 200. The next best one is Miami at plus 225, BC all the way out to 50 to 1, Florida State plus 450, Virginia Tech plus 650, um, and on down the line there. Um, Again, Takes a lot of hedging, to kind of make a profit doing that with those the, the other teams mentioned. So, is it lay the chalk with Clemson? Do you think that Miami has some value at plus two twenty five? And again, I'm not telling you, to, you know, teach everyone about hedging this or that for kind of the the uninformed better. Uh, but from a, a stick it, stick with it, pick. Uh, who is your pick? Kind of odds aside to win the ACC. To me, it's Clemson at minus two hundred. I think it's I think it's a little short to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Clemson um you know is just going to be too dominant uh, especially you know not only within the the entire conference but within their own division i, I know i said i was high on boston college but I'm, I'm high on boston college you know kind of making this the next step you know they went seven and six last year um but no uh clemson i think i agree i think that might be a little short um they're going to be solid this year that defensive line is just going to be so, uh, something to see
0: yeah completely agree um Again, if, if you want the value pick that Jay touched on, it's BC, but uh, as somebody that grew up in the Boston area s- since Matt Ryan, BC is the, king of, <laughs> is the king of the unders. I've blindly bet their unders for three years, and I'm telling you, it's, it's the most profitable bet uh, in college football. Um, and again, I hope they don't get away from what's made people a lot of money, especially me. So Miami at plus 225, I, I, to me, this is something you can kind of take the chalk on. You can take Clemson minus 200 in uh, Miami, um, and if you do it right, you can make some money no matter what. Big 10, uh, and again, it should be uh, Phil Steele does have Clemson, of course, winning the ACC. The Big 10. We have Ohio State at minus 120 as the favorite. Wisconsin, plus 210. Penn State, 4-1. to one. In uh, Michigan at plus three fifty, that Michigan number to me, even with Patterson, that I am super high on, is completely public inflated. And again, as we touched on with the head odds maker of mybookie.ag, you know you're paying a premium for these Michigans, Ohio States, even to a degree. Uh, the Patriots, you know, so to me, Michigan is is just that publicly backed team. Uh, that that number, that pure number, is probably six, seven, eight to one. To be completely honest, and at plus three fifty, plus four hundred, uh, I want no part of Michigan outside of uh, Shea Patterson for my Heisman ticket uh, to me again I hate to sound shockier here because it never works out but Ohio State and Wisconsin are going to win uh, the Big Ten East and West and I think that those those bets are split I bet them both last year um, at a very good price on um, a different offshore sports book no free ads here uh, but I'm sure my book will offer that as well and to me bet them both and bet Ohio State to win Wisconsin cannot hang with um, Ohio State do you agree or disagree?
1: I do sort of like Wisconsin at plus three hundred, just because we are in agreement. I think that they're going to win the division pretty handedly. Yep. Um, so you know, you 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 put Wisconsin. The in question
0: it, is: is is the money line against Ohio State going to be greater than plus two hundred and ten? Because that's what they are.
1: I think. I think last year it was uh, it was under a touchdown. Um, so I, I think I think yes, but man, I just wish that it was like plus four hundred. I know yep. early on it was it was a little bit bigger and I sort of missed the boat on that myself personally, but, um, I would maybe lean, uh, to Wisconsin. And then if you are looking for something, um, that might have a little bit more value. Um, I I like Michigan state a lot. Um, coming out with Phil Steele. Yeah. I, I just really like, uh, Michigan state. I like the way kind of everything, um, sort of lines up. They don't have to play Wisconsin and Iowa from the other side. Um, They host Ohio State and Michigan, who I think will probably be the two toughest teams uh, that they'll have to contend with. They do have to go to Happy Valley, and that's going to be a brutal game. But, um, you know, they just have so many offensive pieces coming back. Um, I'm really, really like Michigan State. And then, you know, if not, um, if you can get a good number on over nine wins for Michigan State as well um they're they're probably i mean they're the most experienced team in the big ten coming back I think they're bringing back like eighty five percent of their yards eighty five percent of their tackles and they won ten games last year so Um, i'm
0: high on michigan state yeah uh to me the the over wins on michigan state is a better bet just from a logistical standpoint costing yourself money for absolute sure all right real Mm -hmm. quick pac-12 in the sec pac-12 washington is the minus 200 chalk favorite after that usc at plus 350 stanford plus 370 oregon plus 600 uh and again on down the line one i will touch on arizona uh, depending on who you talk to, some people said they have a legitimate uh, Heisman candidate in uh, Tate at the quarterback position. Um, Tate may be great for Arizona. Um, that team is just, they've always been a mess. And, and to me, they're, they're always going to kind of, you know, be a mess. Um Colorado at, at thirty-five to one. So Washington at minus two hundred. Again, we're gonna get into who Phil, Phil Steele has a, as going into his playoff. But I think that uh, it should be said Washington at minus two hundred. To me, the value play, and, and I'm gonna say it's a value play. Um, uh, if Washington falters, Stanford is gonna come out of the Pac-12, and at plus three seventy, I think that's a great price on a team like Stanford. Um, agree or disagree, or anything else you want me to uh, touch on, or for any other team in the Pac-12.
1: Um. What, I'm sorry, could you go over it one more time? It was USC was that what?
0: Uh, so we have Washington, minus 200. USC at plus 350 without Darnold. Uh, Stanford, plus 370. Oregon, plus 600. Arizona, plus 1,200. And uh, next biggest one. Well, I mean, after that, it is uh, 30, 40, Utah. 50 to 1. Uh, Utah is at 12 to 1.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Utah is not a horrible play, but... Um, maybe as a team that you would just have in the Pac-12 title game. Um, Because I do think if JT Daniels doesn't come in and isn't really, um, you know, as dominant as maybe they think he might be, I I think uh, Phil still even has Matt Fink being starter for them. Um, I think it might inevitably end up being JT Daniels. But um, coming from the other side, you know, the other division is super weak. You have Washington and Stanford, like you were talking about. Uh, from the one side. But, um, you know, if USC isn't able um, to get back and win, I think Utah is the next team up. I I know everyone's really Really? high. Really? Over Stanford? Uh, Well, no, I'm just saying from the other division. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Washington and Stanford, I think it's a two-horse race over there um, in in that division. I know Oregon might play in, but... I wonder what the um, price is
0: for the division for Utah, because I don't think that's up yet, but that might be the way to go.
1: That might be a solid bet. Um, but I do think you know Washington and USC, they don't have to play each other head to head in regular season. I think that's probably going to be your matchup that you're going to see. But if there is a, a an opportunity for a team to get in, it, it might be Stanford in that one division and it'll be uh, Utah in the other division.
0: For sure. All right, so let's go to the SEC. Alabama the Chalk, who did not win the SEC, make no doubt about it last year at minus 180. We have Georgia plus 210. Auburn plus five seventy five. Florida is at twelve to one. Uh, LSU fifteen to one. And after that, Missouri at seventeen to one. Uh, Mississippi State ten to one. Um, tell me why everyone is so high on Mississippi State as well as your pick for the SEC winner.
1: Um, you know. I, I've got, I've got to say it's Alabama. Um, I, again, I talked about this earlier, that iron bowl is sort of everything, um, for the sec, um, division on, on, on Alabama side. But, um, you know, I, I think I, I just don't really, I'm not buying into the Georgia hype, um, a, as much. I know Fromm's probably going to have an amazing year. Um, but I, I'm just not really fully bought into Georgia. And I think, I think it's Alabama's year to get back to their dominance. You know, um, not being in the SEC championship last year did not sit well with Nick Saban. So, um, you know, I look for them to kind of come in uh, and dominate. I know they've got their, their comp- we t- you talked about earlier, too. Their schedule is not really all that strong. But I think A&M is probably the toughest team with a first-year coach um, coming at them at a conference. And um, they get a host uh, the Iron Bowl this year. Um, it's Alabama for me. I, I'm I'm not really buying into anyone else.
0: Why is everyone so high on uh, Mississippi State? Again, going over the SEC for Phil, what Phil Steele has: the West, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State at three. East, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, and again. Alabama's win total at 11 I mean again Phil Steele has Alabama going undefeated in the regular season um but people are legitimately picking Mississippi State as the dark horse in that division again they're talking about being a four or five six point favorite over the Dak Prescott uh Mississippi State team and, and I just don't see it um you know the word is mush is thrown around a little too much sometimes um and again, I know he only has them uh, number three, but they're ahead of AM, LSU, Arkansas, and Missouri. Um, again, power ranked higher over Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt in the East. Um, again, I just don't see it. Do you? Um, do you see anything to get on board with Mississippi State at ten to one?
1: Well, I, th- I think it's, it's. I think a lot of that love just kind of comes around Nick Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, you know, I think Phil still Phil still had him as one of his more draft ready quarterbacks and you know, he's, he's sort of a big bodied guy, six five, two thirty, 30. Um, and I, and I think, you know, he's going to be that guy. If he can stay healthy, he's, he's going to sort of be dominant, but you know, his numbers really were not all that impressive to me last season. I think he only had like a 55% completion percentage. Um, his TD to interception radio wasn't very impressive either. So, um, I, am this, they've been talking about him for a couple of years now. And um, you know, we'll see if he can fully realize it. Um, but you know, it, the West, uh, that West schedule is not going to be easy for them. Uh, they went four and four in conference last year and I, you know, maybe it could see them, you know, getting to five and three, but you know, with Alabama, Auburn and Florida on your schedule, um, this season, it, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, for sure. And again, uh, I'm just going to read you the snippet of, of, uh, Mississippi state's uh, twenty eighteen forecast from Phil Steele, and I'm gonna read the total the wins and and give me your pick. Um, Mississippi State, five of my nine sets of power rankings have them winning double digits, and that home game versus Auburn could be big in the uh, SEC West. Again, nine and four last year has them winning ten. The over under for Mississippi State. currently, do you know what it is?
1: Um I do have it here.
0: Nope, don't look. What do you think it is?
1: Oh, sorry. Um, eight and a half, nine.
0: It's eight. Eight minus 110, right. under minus 120.
1: Wow. What do you um, think? If it's eight, I would lean over um, just because I could see a path for them to get to nine. You know, even if they do lose to Alabama, lose to Auburn, lose another one to Florida, they do have to play at Kansas State. It's Probably not like a super cakewalk for them, but, yep. um, you know, they're...
0: Their, their second schedule. half is going to be very trying. Because when you look at it, they're going to be 4-0. and uh, Their toughest two games, or not even two games. Uh, at Kentucky's their toughest game the first month of the season. But then, mm-hmm. my lord, you have Florida and Auburn. Granted, they're at home, which is going to be a huge, uh, huge advantage. Then you're at LSU, Texas A&M, uh, Louisiana Tech is a win. At Alabama, Arkansas. And at Mississippi on the road, um, so you could be thinking you're you're sitting pretty. You know, again, if prop swap is available to you in your state, I think that once they you get that four zero, you may be able to sell that over eight minus one ten for a slight profit. Maybe the best way to go there um, and kind of sell high on Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, because it's a tough ending. I mean, they play at Alabama, they have Arkansas, and then five days later on a shortened week, they have their big rivalry game on the road at Ole Miss. So, um, you know, not that I'm expecting a lot from Ole Miss, but um, that's a trip-up spot if they've got one on their schedule late, you know, in the year that might, might cost you that ticket. But, yeah, I would lean over if it's at eight. I, I thought it was eight and a half. Um, but, uh, yeah.
0: All right, so who's your pick in the SEC? Uh, Alabama. All right, Alabama minus 180. Again, you can't go wrong. All right, man, last two segments. Let's do this. Phil Steele's college football playoff. And when we touch on this, when we talk about how, uh, how right, for lack of a better term, and how accurate Phil Steele has been, um, it, it's out of this world the last 10 years, and, and 10 years plus, over a decade. Uh, so let's just get into it, man. Number one, Alabama has going up against number four, Washington. On the other side, number two, Clemson, up against number three, Ohio State. Agree? Disagree? This yeah, is page because, 44 as well, Jay.
1: Yeah, I think it's a safe bet right now. well at least Alabama, Clemson, um I I'm not fully bought into Washington being there. Um, you know, I I do think there will be a Big 10 representative for sure. Um, especially, you know, out of the East, if the East wins the Big 10, whoever that is, um, you know, they're they're, they're going to be in there, but I I'm not buying into Washington, I think. I think there'll be uh, a slippery another slippery team that will kind of make their way in there.
0: All right, so let's look at Phil, who feels still has in each bowl. So the Peach Bowl, Miami versus Michigan, Rose Bowl, Wisconsin versus Notre Dame, Sugar Bowl, Oklahoma versus Georgia, and the Fiesta Bowl, Texas versus Boise State. You said you're out on Washington at 4. Who's the 4?
1: Well, I mean, you you know if Clemson in and they beat Miami, they won't they won't make it in cuz you can't lose your you can't lose a conference game there unless you somehow are undefeated. Um, unless you're Alabama. That... Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, I I know we talked a little bit about this, um, and I don't think that their, their schedule will warrant this, but a team like Boise State running the table um, could possibly be a dark horse to get in there, but um, realistically it'll probably end up being a Big 12 team like Oklahoma or maybe an independent like Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm torn on that four team. team. I think that Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama – are very good bets, and I'm not going to sit here yeah. to tell you to, to dilute your profit and bet all of them. I think the thing that makes the most sense is take early, take Clemson, take Alabama, again, at the prices uh, that we said, plus 180 and plus 475, again, courtesy of mybookie.ag. Um, and the three and four, I think you can let them play out. I think that Ohio State may shorten a little, but I think that Ohio State is going to lose a game uh, during the regular season. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not sold on Washington. Um Wisconsin, again, the same thing. That's a lot of Big Ten coming in there. Miami, you touched on the the issues there. That leads you to have to believe in a team like Oklahoma uh, without um, Baker Mayfield, even though I do think that um, his replacement is going to be good. That leads you to have to believe in Georgia, who would not win the SEC, uh, or getting behind a team like Texas. Uh, So, you know, the four is going to be someone that I don't think that any of us saw coming. So... Hey, all the power to Boise State. All right, Jay. Lastly, let's lap this up with, uh, wrap this up with every with what everyone wants to know, and that's Heisman. It's a weird year for the Heisman. I am somebody that pretty much exclusively just bets quarterbacks. It's just proven to be profitable. Uh, again, there, there's no way around it. Uh, having Baker Mayfield at ten to one last year was, you know, one of my top bets, um, you know, at the time. Um, and it's just, uh, it, you know, I mean, God. Desmond Howard and who? You know, Ron Dane over the years. um, You know, Derrick Henry. It's few and far between, but people remember when they're not quarterbacks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is this the year for a defensive player like a Nick Bosa or what? So to break this down, let's go to Phil Steele's 2018 favorites. And again, historically... Nobody's close to picking these as accurately as him. Of course, he did have Baker Mayfield um, on there last year. Did not have him winning, but I believe he was like three or four on there. So um, let me pull up the Heisman rankings right now. So he has Jonathan Taylor, number one, and this is uh, the last PhD, uh, th- two, uh 352. So... I'm going to pull this up with uh, what is live at the Westgate right now. So Bryce Love is plus 600. Let me show you how to do this. Let's do Phil Steele first, and then I'll tell you what the odds are. Jonathan Taylor, number one, uh, Phil Steele has. Bryce Love, number two. Shea Patterson, number three. Trace McSorley, four. Jake Browning, five. Nick Fitzgerald, six. A.J. Dillon, Boston College Love out there at 25 to one at seven. <laughs> Will Greer at eight. Jo- uh, Justin Herbert, Uh, Oregon's quarterback at nine and Tay Tagovilia, Alabama and again Khalil Tate as I touched on at 14 to 1 in Arizona uh so talk to me about who you like or do not like on this list and I'll give you the updated uh price via the Westgate uh right now
1: um I think if you're looking at running back I think those top two guys that he has are, are obviously the the two running backs that I would put extremely high. Who do you like um, more,
0: Love or Taylor? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this to say this because he has Jonathan Taylor first, and Taylor is over two dollars higher than Bryce Love. Bryce Love currently at the Westgate plus six hundred. Jonathan Taylor plus eight hundred.
1: Yeah, um, I just think you know there's a lot to love about the situation that Jonathan Taylor is coming into. Um, the most experienced offensive line in the land by a large margin. I can't remember the last time I saw a team that had 150 career starts on an offensive line. I mean, that's 30 average um, starts uh, for everyone on an offensive line. But I, I think the way that Wisconsin's kind of built, it's not really to produce gaudy numbers. It's more or less to eat the clock and let that defense win the game. Um, so, I, you know, I do like Rice Love a little bit more. Um, but I think, you know, there is definite capability um, where you could, you know, both these guys are very likely going to approach, break, um, shatter 2,000 yards. So um, I think there's a lot to like about those two guys. Um, but I'm I just, I think that Jonathan Taylor might be in a better situation um, to be like a CFP team, right? Where they could make the college football playoff. I think Stanford would be a little bit more of a stretch, um, but it's possible. Um, yeah, but see, it, it, so go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, well, I'm going to say this. To me, the best thing about, I don't want to say the best thing because it's, it's out there in other states, but to me, the availability and what PropSwap offers Las Vegas betters, and again, they're legal in, I believe, seven or eight other states right now, but to have that cash ticket, Bryce Love was the favorite to win the Heisman last year um, at, at a certain point, as well as Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was like minus 150 at some spots uh, during the season. And to me, the thing about running backs, one bad game throws you out of the Heisman race. It really, really does. And to me, that's why it is so difficult to win the Heisman as a non-quarterback. Uh, so if you're going to buy those, I hope you're in a state that has prop swap available to you because you can sell them at such a profit. And I just I really, really feel that way to again, when you touch on this, getting ahead of the market, just because you have it, doesn't mean you have to stick with it. And it's, you know, it's so hard to hedge a Heisman bet because you get to place three, four others, right? you um, at even a worse price. So prop swap can be so invaluable at this. And, and that's what I would look at with somebody like Jonathan Taylor. A very soft opening schedule. Very, very soft. I think that those odds could go down and that's when you could make a play to sell that ticket because again, it is so hard to go wire to wire as a Heisman favorite. And again, favorites used loosely here. Um, it's a kind of a unique year that a running back is the favorite at plus 600 with Bryce Love.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I, I sort of am from the same belief that you're in where quarterbacks really are the ones who have the value, and, and especially if you can find a quarterback who's on a college football playoff team. You know, if it, if you think that that team has an opportunity um, to get into the college football playoff and have that kind of season, um, those four quarterbacks are probably going to be four of the top eight people for Heisman uh, when we get to the end of the year. So, um, you know, that's where... You know, when you're looking at the different quarterbacks that are available, that's kind of why. You Let's know, break that let- down.
0: So we have Ty Tugwagialgugugula. I <laughs> 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 can never pronounce him. Uh, he is the favorite at plus four hundred, which I think, off of a half game sample size, is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Absurd. That is absurd. Yeah. Uh,
0: so then we have Kelly Bryant of Clemson, forty to one. I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jake Browning, twenty to one. And again, if you're going off of uh, Phil Steele at J.K. Dobbins, twenty to one. Um, and again, we touched on who we're high on, so let's let's break that down. Right, Shea Patterson, twenty to one. Trace McSorley, fifteen to one. And Will Greer, twenty to one. Out of the quarterbacks, who would you look at to place a Heisman ticket on?
1: Um, you know, I, I I kind of am like leaning towards Jake Browning, just because I think he has so many offensive weapons around him. Um, the Pac-12 is kind of setting up where I don't really think there's going to be a a ton of teams, um, you know, from the PAC 12 sort of making that step for the CFP. So I I do kind of like Jake Browning to a, to a degree. Um, I haven't placed that bet. I told you about my will Greer love. Um, I probably will end up owning a ticket. Wish I had gotten in when it opened at 30 to one, or at least when I looked last. But um, I I think, uh, I think those guys would probably be two of my top two. Um, but I don't think that, um, McSorley, um, is a bad look. And I also think, um, that, uh, Dwayne Haskins for Ohio state might not be a bad play either. Uh, That's that's the last
0: two that I want to touch on Dwayne Haskins, 20 to one and, uh, Deandre Francois at 50 to one. You're talking about a guy that was three to one at the beginning of last season before he tore his knee week one.
1: Yeah, I just think it's going to be really tough um, for them to be in the college football playoff and uh, behind Clemson, being in the same division, having to play them. I I just think it's going to be a tough spot for him. But I do really think that Ohio State finds their way into the college football playoff this year. And um, Dwayne Haskins, I really do think, is actually better than JT Barrett. And, um, you know, if if they're in the CFP and he has, you know— just an above average season. He'll probably be in the conversation, Um, you know, and they are loaded with talent, Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, um, there's playmakers surrounding him. Um, Obviously, you know, JK Dobbins is up there for, I think he might even be higher than him in some spots for Heisman. Um, So he's got plenty of guys surrounding him. And I I just, I'm really big about trying to get quarterbacks who are going to be in this final four.
0: All right, man, give me two or three. Uh, hi, has been Beth to Make. I'm coming into Las Vegas for the weekend. Uh, I'm signing up for the Super Contest. Hopefully, you're using me as your proxy. Shout out. Uh, and who are you placing? You're coming into Vegas the next two to three weeks before college football season. You got, let's say, $300, bucks, 3 $100 tickets. Who are you placing the three on?
1: I'm probably going to put one on Dwayne Haskins. Uh, like I said, I just kind of like his situation. Um, probably one? more than probably more than I really like it. Yeah. Uh, 20 to one. I saw 25 to one, um, yesterday. Um, I won't mention the site, but I did see that. Um, I probably would go there. Um, I really, really like Will Greer. He'd probably be my little bit more of a long shot guy, um, that I to would go one with. As well. Uh, yeah. And then maybe, uh, Jake Browning or Trace McSorley, but Um, Those two guys, I haven't decided if I'm going to fire on, but uh, Will Greer um, and uh, Dwayne Haskins for me.
0: I love it, man. I love the Browning take as well. It's so important to get a guy that's going to be there, and that's kind of what put Mayfield over the edge of Barkley, and you can say that Barkley may have stopped trying. Um, Truth be told, Barkley, when he had that one bad game, I don't remember what week it was, but he went from minus like 150 to plus 600, and so these Heisman odds fluctuate so much, and again, I know you share my philosophy. If you're going to buy a ticket uh, on Bryce Lever, Jonathan Taylor, I think you'd like to sell high in a market like PropSwap. That's my big Advice, but Jay, brother, I cannot thank you enough for coming on, man. So much insight and being on the, the first kind of uh, you know, uh, Vegas Bookies Club with me, man, uh, on the Inside Vegas podcast, bro. Um, again, one of the most uh, collegiate handy, uh, respected collegiate handicappers, um, on social media in vegas for so long bro and again i know you're um kind of rolling out your business this year again to include uh more college football more nfl as college basketball has been such your bread and butter man so um if you're looking for a handicapper of uh, this year um please consider I'm um, again he is on twitter at j career that is j a y k r i e r right bro
1: yeah man i appreciate you having me on
0: yeah man um anything else any best bets anything um you know Plug anything you have, um, anything, uh, win totals, uh, conference, anything else that you want want to touch on as far as a bet that we didn't talk about?
1: Um, no, I think we covered quite a lot. Um, but I am uh, probably going to be doing some podcasts, um, conference by conference breakdown where I'll have um, some more futures. I always give out futures for free. I, um, I think it's kind of ridiculous that people would try to sell futures, but um, but yeah, uh, I will have more futures coming out um, as I kind of break down more conferences um, through my pods and stuff, but I'll, I'll be posting those as well, so look for those um, if you are kind of a future bet better.
0: Awesome, brother. Well, good luck in the the podcast realm. I have no doubt that you'll do such great things, bro. And again, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the review of the College Football Bible. That is Phil Steele's 2018 preview. And again, Jay, thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon.
1: All right, take care.